0: You know, I've attained a career that I really like, but you know, we wanted to have more security, we wanted to have multiple streams of income and we wanted to be able to um, you know be in a position where um, you know I don't have to be working for the next 25, 30 years uh, doing the exact same thing in the exact same job because I' um, you know I've seen colleagues that have um, worked all the way to their death, you know, literally. Um, And I I just said I wasn't going to be like that.
1: It's always constantly evolving and it's going to require work. Um, So long as you communicate with one another, lean on one another's shoulders and, you know, just support one another along this journey. Anything can be possible.
2: Hello and hola, friends. Before we get into today's show, let's talk a little bit about this episode's sponsor, my dear friend. And actually, you have heard her voice before on episode number 20 Buy Funds. Buy Funds is a commercial multifamily real estate firm trusted by physician investors, including me, physician families, including us, and busy entrepreneurs from all over the U.S. Located in Dallas, Texas, and founded by Vina Jetty five funds specializes in curating conservative passive real estate investment opportunities for investors Vina brings a dynamic perspective to targeting acquiring managing and operating investment assets using the best time testing practices combined with cutting edge technologies reach out to Vina and her team at five funds to find out how you can be a successful investor too by creating opportunities for you to build your portfolio you can find them at drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash five funds. Again, that's drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash five funds. And as you all know, if you did listen to episode 20 or any of my other Facebook lives, you know Vina. Jetty is a dear friend of our family. Vina is so amazing at what she does, and I support everything she does. And Victor and I have personally invested and helped her raise multiple of her. So we love you, Vina Jetty and Vive Funds. Reach out to her at drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash Vive Funds. Please help me welcome our guests on today's show of medicine, marriage, and money, Winnie and Joel Napenas. Winnie is a real estate professional, formerly personal finance and banking officer, corporate banking, and ICU nurse before devoting most of her time to be a mother, full-time mother of three. Joel is a published academic dental specialist and residency program director at an academic medical center who also recently has begun mentoring and teaching well-being, personal finance, investing, and wealth building to his trainees. Winnie and Joel have been married for 16 years and are currently raised by twin eight-year-old girls and a three-year-old boy. I had the pleasure to meet these beautiful young friends during the multifamily masterclass course that I launched back in April with Vina, Jetty, Victor, my husband, Kathy Carroll. And well, Winnie is actually in my apartment right now. She just flew in an hour ago from North Carolina. Joel is joining us online as he's taking care of his, or his three kids are taking care of him. And which is this is just amazing. So thank you guys so much for being here.
0: Absolute pleasure to be here. You know, we're honored and uh, grateful that you've uh, for this opportunity.
2: So let me know. I know I introduced you. I, I told I told everybody what you what you do on paper. Tell me a little bit about a little bit more. What else do we need to know?
1: Well, um, yeah, I was born in Toronto, Ontario, up in Canada, and um, pretty much at a very young age, I was uh, pretty much an independent person, and so uh, I would say that you know what has you know brought in change for me was when I met Joel and having to all of a sudden open up to him and, you know, develop that somewhat of a level of dependence on him, especially when we got married. So that was a big, um, you know, adjustment on my part. But, I mean, it worked out wonderfully well because, uh, we, we you know, we have to constantly have to balance ourselves, but that's a good thing, right? Um, so, I mean, it, it it's, just a, it's just a blessing how everything turned out and, uh, you know, very grateful that.
2: Perfect. And that was how many years ago? 16 years of marriage and 20 years we've known each other. 20 years. So how did the whole independence thing work out? Like, are you still super independent? Did Joel have any independence issues or do you like, how does that work? Can you tell us, Joel?
0: (laughs) You know, I think, um, yeah. And I remember like our very first date, her talking about how independent she was. I, I mean, I think it was like One of the very first things she said, Um, and you know, I think I I grew up in a family that, you know, pretty much provided a lot of things for myself and my sister. So, um, so I think it kind of made an interesting dynamic between the two of us. Um, But, uh, you know, I think when we got married, I think there were many things that we kind of complement each other in, and so. in terms of how you know what she's able to do and bring to the table uh, you know is very different skill sets than what i'm able to do so um you know i think in in many ways i mean getting married was really easy um i think it was just right after we had kids that um you know i think more challenges happened but we, you know we'll get into that a little bit you know, as we talk more
2: this feeds into my first question of, of your definition of marital interdependence and how that how you found that was that something so you said that was easy for you to get married was being maritally interdependent was that easy for you too and what did that look like
0: you know I'll, I'll chime in and then and then winnie can talk um i think it was really more um you know i talked about how our skills kind of complement each other so i'm very big picture and idealistic and kind of the planner. And, you know, I'm very conceptual. Um, and she's very operational and anticipatory and detail oriented and, and persistent. And I remember even when we were earlier dating, um, you know, I was kind of the nice guy and would kind of conform to everything. And she may seem very sweet and quiet. Um, but she's, um, she's the firecracker. So I re- and I remember, like, early in our dating there, we were like, trying to, you know, log in you know, or book, you know, go into a hotel and there wasn't any rooms and I was, I was ready to say something. And then she's like, wait a minute, stand back. And, and then she just let, let him have it, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, I, so, I, you know, so these days, whenever there's any dirty work, you know, that needs to be done, I was just like, okay, I'm going to step back, let her, let her do her thing. So
2: you do not do the dirty work huh, on Well,
0: no, I, I mean, she's just better at it. You know, okay. she has no okay. fear. So, <laughs>
1: Is that true, Winnie? He has learned well over the years. Yes, that is so true. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's great to have Joel as a compliment because I do need to sometimes step back and just, you know, take a deep breath and realize that, you know what, it's okay. You know, it, it's okay to, to you know, rely on, you know, rely on Joel and just let him do some of the work as well because it, you know, that's that's what a marriage is about. It's, It's a team right Mm -hmm. and it's about balance it's always about adjusting if we align ourselves and it's not always going to be 50 50 right Mm -hmm. it's going to be sometimes 90 10 or the opposite of you know of of him taking on that role as well so i I mean it it really does work out well but you only know once you go through it
2: oh yeah for sure and so take me back to the first time you guys met like where were you in school joel like in your dental career and and what did that first encounter look like?
0: So um, we we were introduced through a classmate of mine in dental school. Um, so we were both students at the University of Western Ontario uh, up in London, Ontario, Canada. Um, and so this friend of mine, who's a classmate of mine, was very good friends with Winnie. Uh, and so whenever you know all the boys would go out, I think Thursday night was a kind of our night to go out during dental school. Um, you know, he would kind of bring Winnie and this other friend out. Um, and so, we, you know, here's, here's the prototypical, um, you know, thing we met at, a we met at a club, you know, so, um, so it was one of those, he said, he said, you know, there's this Asian jam and, you know, it's where all the Asian kids would all hang out and, um, you know, let's all, let's all meet up there. And, and so we, you know, so I was dr- designated driver that night. Um, and he was, you know, and I was driving this friend and another friend, um, and then sure we went to the club and then sure enough, Winnie and, and this other friend was there. And, you know, a reminder is that Winnie doesn't drink and I've only seen her drink twice in her life. And one of those nights was that night. So, um, at the club. And so, so it's kind of role reversal where I was designated driver, not drinking. And they introduced me to this friend of hers and uh, a friend of his and and we just kind of got started talking and you can probably take the story from there, you know, in this, at this Asian jam at a club.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I first have to say it was Hard Mike's lemonade and all I tasted was lemonade, to oh. be honest with you. So <laughs> That's that, what it tastes like, right? Yes, and, and of course I drank more than one um, because it, that's all I tasted was lemonade and I felt the effects after but in, not in that that way but anyways um so so our birthday was my well my birthday was coming up okay next week and i said well you know he seems like a nice guy so let's you know i'll extend the invite to him so i i you know i asked him so what are you do next weekend it's my birthday if you're free you know you're more than welcome to join us and you know an hour later he comes back to me and, and he said is your did you say your birthday was next week? week, like on this particular day, it was like Tuesday, I believe, or it was a Monday.
0: It was a Tuesday.
1: And and he said, that's my birthday. I said, no, that cannot be because it took me an hour to respond back to me. <laughs> and I did not believe him. So he, he's like, you don't believe me? I said, no. And so he pulled out his driver's license and he actually showed me. And you guys have the same birthday? We actually have the same birthday. Oh my
0: gosh, when's your birthday? October 12th.
2: October 12th. So that was how we first met on those terms. (laughs) And were you able to have a mutual birthday encounter? Could you go to her birthday or what?
0: No, I think, I don't think we, you know, we were not at that point, I think, where we hooked up yet, you know, but, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, I remember that night we ended up, a bunch of us ended up going to this, you know, after hours diner and then, and I was the DD and then, you know, we drove her, I had to drive her. (laughs) drive her home to her place. And, uh, um, you know, our friend kind of took her up and, uh, you know, just to get her settled in. And, uh, and then I think I asked her out for a date, you know, maybe a couple weeks afterwards. Um, and, um, you know, uh, and and that was interesting because, you know, I think I, I, I wasn't sure how the date went after the fact. So I was kind of all shy and insecure about following up and calling afterwards. And so, so I just didn't, you know, and the next thing you know, was another one of those Thursday nights when we all got back together. And and then I was like, Oh, no, she's there. And, uh, and then our friend was kind of, you know, he's like, No, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And then I remember she just kind of went up to me. um, And she's like, you should have called and I was like, Yeah, I know, I should have. (laughs) So, you know, and then, um, you know, and then afterwards, you know, we just started talking and and then You know, one thing led to another, and we just started getting together more often, so.
2: Okay, and then at what point did you fall in love? What made you fall in love?
0: Uh, I'll let you start that first. I I got my answer, so.
2: Oh, that's a, I don't know. It just happened. Okay, so for Winnie, it just happened, Joel. What about for you?
0: Um, You know, I think (laughs) as I got to know her more, um, you know, she kind of told me about her upbringing and her family situation and how she was trying to get things taken care of um and how she was looking after her family um and you know to me it was her family values that really drew me to her um yeah and she was telling me like you know i mean and you know she can expand on that how um you know things were difficult with her family um Mm -hmm. and her and her brother had to take charge and um you know she was talking about how she had to help provide for them Um, and, you know, we were just having these deep conversations, you know, um, you know, after, during our dates and, um, and I was just like, you know, we just share values, you know? Um, and so, so just seeing her heart and seeing her responsibility and her obligation to her family is what, what, what really made, made me fall in love with her. So,
2: oh, that's so special. Oh my gosh. And then you guys were like three years apart, right? Three years of international long distance. Was that during dating or after marriage? What was that?
1: That was during dating
2: during dating that so was, uh,
1: where were you and where where was joel well i was uh in toronto working, okay uh working on my career in banking okay um having just you know recently graduated and then once he graduated a year after he um got into a residency program in ohio
2: oh okay okay so dentists do residencies too
0: It's not required unless you're going to specialize. So, um, and I had no intention to specialize. Um, And so there's a general residency you can do. So I did that for a year. Um, And then, you know, just kind of fortuitously, um, an opportunity for the specialty came up. And, um, you know, I was offered an interview. I almost didn't go to the interview because I had every intention to go back home and be with Winnie and my family. Um, and my friends and Winnie was like, You need to look at this. And um, so the background is that I've always wanted to be a physician. And for some reason, I got into dental school, didn't get into medical school. Um, and so oral medicine is, you know, pretty much the closest thing to medicine in dentistry there is. And um, so Winnie was like, You know, you got to look at this. You got to give this a chance. Um, so, you know, we went and interviewed in the program in Charlotte. Um and even after they, they offered us the position, I was gonna turn it down. I said I wanted to go home. You know, Winnie's there, I'll just go back into practice. And Winnie's like, no, you really have to do this. You know, you love medicine, you love being in the hospital. Um, so um, so I reluctantly did it. And so, you know, that that's what kind of spawned the three years of um, you know, international long distance.
2: So wow. okay. So you were in Charlotte doing an oral medicine. What was it called?
0: oral medicine residency program, which is the program now I oversee. So.
2: Wow. How long have you been doing that?
0: Um, This, you know, um, I've been a residency program director in some regards pretty much since I graduated residency. Um, So I was a general practice program director in Houston for, you know, for two years um, and then was recruited to come back here to Charlotte, oversaw that program for five years. Um, we moved back to Canada for a couple of years, and then the last six years, I've been the oral medicine residency director.
2: And do you do surgeries? Is it like the oral, oral, OMFS? Is that what it's called?
0: No, we work side by side with OMFS. We do some surgical procedures occasionally. I'll go to the um, operating room. We'll do, um, you know, uh, dental extractions before um, head and neck surgery or cardiac surgery that's medically necessary. Um, but the gist of it's really more medical management of uh, non-dental issues of the oral facial region. So, um, so we work really closely with oncologists, um, um, you know, uh, you know, with Victor and all that, um, and uh, also uh, cardiologists um, and also the transplant doctors and rheumatologists and all, the, all and neurologists and all those sorts of uh, subspecialties.
2: Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, since I don't read head and neck, or, you know, neuro thats I leave out to the neuro, the pediatric neuroradiologists, I just do like clavicles down. <laughs> I don't ever talk to the oral, the oral medicine specialist. So, so, so nice to hear what you do, but let's shift back to the love story here. Cause I know Winnie was telling me earlier, you guys had like multiple wedding ceremonies. So I kind of wanted to figure out what that was all about.
0: Go, like, go ahead, I- Winnie.
2: This one. <laughs> well, um, so after
1: he was done his years of residency we were we said that okay he's gonna wherever you find a job whether it be Canada or US will we'll, you know we'll just plan accordingly little do we know that his first job was going to be in the US in Texas and they wanted him to start in a week's time Wow we're in Texas Houston Texas okay oh, okay the Houston okay mm-hmm. so we we're like a week so mm-hmm. what did we did we scrambled we formed we gathered all our immediate families Mm -hmm. and we had this very intimate ceremony in the backyard of his parents house and he didn't think it could happen i said no it can you just got to visualize it so we you know we had that ceremony very intimate it was great actually it was one of my favorite of all three weddings um and then thereafter we had the following year we had um, another ceremony, which is all our family and friends, mm-hmm. you know, just include everyone. But um, Joel's grandmother's wish was that she wanted it to be a Catholic wedding. Mm-hmm. So what we did was in Houston, <laughs> we arranged, uh, you know, to have a ceremony and have it blessed, have our marriage blessed mm-hmm. in a Catholic church. So that was an honor of her.
2: Oh, okay. And was was she present or not?
0: So she was present at the first backyard wedding and then she passed away um soon after that. Um yeah. And um and then, you know, we moved to Houston, had the church blessing. Um and then the following year back in Canada had the big one with everybody. Um, and so um, you know, with all of our family and friends. So, wow, um, so thank yeah. goodness
2: you had that first
1: little backyard wedding. And, in, and here's the thing too, is that my grandmother I'm very close to she passed away a month prior to our wedding mm-hmm. and during our very first ceremony with that backyard wedding when we briefly mentioned her that's when it just kind of like sprinkled it just kind of rained just a little bit oh, It was kind okay. of like her blessing to us and I, I was just like almost in tears at that point
2: wow so that was your favorite the backyard. so that was yeah probably probably meant to be that you were given one week's notice
0: pretty much it's like i was still finishing my residency program and so it was almost like we flew home, did the wedding, and then next thing you know, she was dropping me off at the airport to go back to Charlotte to finish finish my residency. So
2: Well, let's shift back. So speaking of grandmother and parents and you know, you taking care of your family, let's talk about your childhood and how you were raised differently and how this has affected your marriage.
0: So you go first.
1: Yeah, so um, like I said, it, you know, I've seen firsthand the struggles that my parents have gone through over the years. I mean, they're immigrant, uh, you know, parents as well, and they start out with nothing. And I see their struggles firsthand, and I I realize that you know what I'm gonna I don't want to be like that. I want to I want to make better financial decisions in life. Mm. And so fortunately in Canada, what we have there is called a co-op program. Mm -hmm. And so that enables that uh, if you're in high school, and this was in uh, either grade 12 or what we used to have grade 13, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to do a co-op program of your choice. So, of course, I wanted to go into banking because I was like, that's where I'm going to learn. About money. About About money, finance,
2: everything that I needed to learn. And what was what were your parent what were the struggle your parent main struggle your parents dealt with?
1: Well, they just never had that financial background. They didn't know how to save. They didn't know how. Okay. Okay. So, you know, and so you know, that was my way to learn it. Finance because they didn't teach in school. So, I started working in the bank and, you know, from I started as a teller, started working part time there, made my way up to a personal financial officer. That was my first job actually coming out of university. And so I got my degree in that and, you know, it was great because I got to see firsthand everybody's life struggles, you know, and helping them to just achieve their financial goals in life. It was so rewarding. And I also, um, worked at the university level where I was helping out students with their um, financial aid, mm-hmm. applying for loans, right? Because that was rewarding, helping answer them questions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was something that I, you know, I just had a passion for, was just helping out other people. And so I, you know, made my way up the corporate world and, you know, realized that I was, you know, not that happy because I was behind four walls, a computer and a phone. <laughs> And I missed helping them out, but nevertheless, um, the lessons I learned was what helped me to help my parents. Because at a young age, when I was in university, I realized that the role was reversed. Instead mm-hmm. of them helping me, I was helping them. So I started taking over their finances, okay. and I was helping to to get them in order, their finances mm-hmm. in order. But I, and I think that really helped, and it worked out in a good way. So, um, because my parents never had that training, never had the opportunity or the education. And the time was for me to think of a way. So, you know, back then we had the opportunity where you could graduate, you know, coming out with a three-year degree or a four-year degree. And there was no doubt in my mind, I was gonna just do three years, get out fast, and just start working Mm -hmm. and start planning and getting my parents' finances in order as well. Wow! So that was my
2: plan from the get-go. Did you see him like, uh, Fight were there arguments or fights over finance or just? I think every marriage, yes. Okay,
1: finance always, if not, you know, majority like plays a big role for sure. Okay, for sure, and I've seen it firsthand. And and you didn't
2: you you knew you didn't want that to happen to you.
1: Correct. I didn't know the truly the extent of things until I grew up, but I also knew at the same time how much they had. Um, sacrificed mm-hmm. for both me and my brother and raising us mm-hmm. and trying to do what they could with their limited resources mm-hmm. and so now was my chance to help them out mm-hmm. and make it
2: better for them so so you, okay you you did the banking you got all this financial background you learned how to help your family when did you decide you want to be an ICU nurse well again, I wasn't happy in the corporate world. Okay. Because I made my way up to World Bank
1: and Operations. I was assistant manager. It was great. Had the title, mm-hmm. had the job, and that's what everyone strives for when you're in the bank industry is just to make your way up the corporate ladder. Okay. But I missed helping out people and it was a void. So when we got married, we moved to the US, it was my chance to start fresh again. And the biggest challenge I had was what was I gonna do? And so, you know, with Joel's uh, family theres a lot of members of his family in the medical profession. And they introduced nursing, so I said, "Yeah, I'm going to be a nurse." Then my goal is to be a nurse anesthetist, and that's what I'm going to strive for. So, I went back to school, mm-hmm. and it's kind of awkward because I already had a degree in Canada, but they had to reevaluate my transcript to U.S. standards, mm-hmm. so I had to go back to college, and it was kind of, and it was a big adjustment. But it was well worth it Mm -hmm. because I did become the ICU nurse Mm -hmm. and I was on track to become a nurse and that's until I got pregnant with my girls.
2: Ah, okay. Okay. So how long were you a nurse? Uh, I would say two years. Two years? Two years. Did you guys work in the same hospital?
0: We did briefly. So, um, you know, I think she was a med-surg nurse for a year at my hospital. Um, So that was kind of funny, you know, going up and we, you know, occasionally we'll get a consultation up on her floor and... Uh, we i I remember the one time we had one of her patients you know and she was she just kind of looked at me she's like what are you doing here and i was like we got consulted on your patients so um but uh no i mean you know i think she had a better experience though working up at um at another hospital uh up at wake forest wake baptist and um um, she had an amazing time over there um so um so yeah we, we briefly overlapped for about a year and then for another couple years she was up at up at wake so
2: okay and then the twin girls arrived and you decided motherhood was going to be your new gig yes
1: (laughs) it was i mean we we actually honestly tried to get pregnant and it took a while so once we got pregnant that was our first priority was you know the girls and Mm -hmm. uh so we had a tough decision to make and you know when it came to the children um You know family marriage Mm -hmm. everything and our careers we decided that you know what we're going to move back to canada
2: to be back with the
1: family okay um and so so that was a big decision and i mean he was established already settled in north carolina and we would have to start Mm -hmm. all over again
2: canada but you wanted them to be close to family or you wanted that family support okay okay so then so then what happened talk about um was this kind of you were talking earlier about your kind of shift in mindset from um getting a good job and pay to investing in wealth building did that happen after motherhood after motherhood when you guys moved back to canada or before
1: i would say be after because after? okay pretty much most most became after um you know because You know, we're we were at the journey where it's like, okay, well, we're working here, Mm -hmm. and you know, we're doing everything that we're typically taught. You know, it's just like you work, you you know, you work hard, you save money, you pay down your debts, but
2: we eventually realized that this wasn't working. And this, so this is you're back in Canada raising your kids. You started a new practice, a new dental practice.
0: Yeah, it was funny. Like you know, I was kind of doing some private practice, but then I was still flying down here um once a month to see patients for a week um yeah and um you know and 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 and, you know i think financially we weren't you know doing as well as when i was full-time here in the united states so um and she had quite a few relatives that were doing real estate up in canada um and so we always thought okay this is something that we're gonna eventually do um but we're not in that position to do it yet Uh, you know there's kind of that you know that shift where it's like, well, I need to make more money first in order to do it. Um, And then then we'll then we'll take the plunge. So, um, so that that's kind of, you know, but we knew that somehow we were going to do it. Um, You know, I've attained a career that I really like, but, you know, we wanted to have more security, we wanted to have multiple streams of income, and we wanted to be able to, um, you know, be in a position where um, you know, I don't have to be working for the next 25, 30 years, uh, doing the exact same thing in the exact same job because I've, um, you know, I've seen colleagues that have, um, worked all the way to their death, you know, literally. Um, and I, I just said, I wasn't going to be like that. I wasn't going to be one of them. You, you although know.
2: you loved it. You loved it. You realized, hey, maybe I won't love it 30, down, 30 years down the road. <laughs> so, so okay, so did you have a financial goal? Like, okay, I, I want to make this much money before we start really delving into real estate and, and wealth building?
0: No, I. you know, I think it was just more – I think I just hit that point where we just got to do it you know and so it wasn't even a, you know i well i think what happened was you know we, you know we talked about how we moved back to canada but then uh they ultimately recruited me back um and you know what really arm twisted me back was it was a very lucrative incentive to come back um you know because we were happy up in canada um and you know my boss you know my current boss was like um what, what does it take to get you back? And then I just said something ridiculous. And then sure enough, he came back and he said, here, here it is. And we were just like, you know, and I was like, OK, so we're back. Um, and, you know, I was happy with that. But I said, you know, we still want to do this. And um, so, you know, I think we were more we had more cushion to do it. Um, And then you know went to the conference in 2019. I think I just hit that point where you kind of hit mid-career, mid-life crisis, and you want to try to do different things. And um, and then I think we just this. I kind of just decided, let's do it. And so we, you know, you know, and then we, you know, we enrolled in, um, you know, semi-retired MD. And uh, and then Winnie's like, he goes like, okay, you go ahead and start this, and I'll be there right behind you. Um, And then you know, eventually, once she. Uh, got on board. She kind of took it and ran with it, and took it over.
2: Got it. Yeah. So it wasn't even that long ago. It's just a few years ago, and you guys, you started visualizing just like that backyard wedding in a week. Like you just have to visualize it, right?
0: Just got to do it.
2: And then look where you are now. So tell tell us a little about like what what's going on in your real estate journey right now.
0: Yeah, t- t- you know, Winnie, go, you can you can talk about it since you've been more intimately involved.
2: Yeah, so um, you know, we're very
1: thankful for semi-retired MD, MD, and uh, you know, looking back now from a years time, we've acquired two properties in Florida, um, so in, in St. Petersburg and Tampa, and we're very grateful for that. But it, it's it you know it, it's a challenge, right? Because it's a whole new avenue. It you know yeah, get out that mindset that you know you can't do this from four states away Mm -hmm. sight unseen due to COVID unfortunately but um, it worked out really well because we were able to create like housing for people better housing conditions um, you know that um, otherwise wouldn't have been been perhaps achievable um, you know if it wasn't you know something that we took the the steps in trying to do Mm -hmm. so we're very thankful for that and uh, you know from there on we're just like you know, let's try to, you know, go further and try to build on this some more. So um yeah. So what did that look like? Well um, right now, we're trying to look bigger and and uh, you know better uh, opportunities, and and hopefully we could perhaps find some within like some passive investments mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Um, apartment syndications, and so we're, we're really super excited about that and uh, very thankful we came across Venus Course because um, that that has been like an eye opener for us.
2: Yeah, I mean, this you guys remind me just of like I mean very similar to me and Victor's story from the beginning to, um, yeah, starting with like single families and then starting doing passive and then uh, passive syndications. And then, you know, of course, Victor now likes to, to actually do the syndications with, with Ina. So how did you, yeah, how did you hop, how did you find the multifamily masterclass course? That would be Jill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think, you know, um, earlier this year, I think Winnie decided that, you know, we wanted to broaden, actually, she arm twisted me um, into broadening into apartment syndications. Now we've been passive investors, I think in one syndication, uh, late last year. Um, And, you know, we just wanted to seek education from, from the best. And, uh, you know, we've been following you guys for a while. And, um, you know, been following Veena. And then as soon as we learned that, you know, she was enrolling her for first class, um, we said we got to be there. We have to be there.
2: Oh my God, this is so funny. I mean, I never consider anybody follow. You know, like following you guys for a while. That's just that's hilarious to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, you know, and it was just like um, you know, we were just like you know, it's like you know, we. Uh, I think we were on like a couple um, happy hours with uh, Jordan Fry and and Vina, and uh, you know, we were there, and um, you know, we were just like. Yeah, yeah, and so we were just like, okay, if we want to go into this, let's learn from as many uh, experts in in the field. Um, and you know, we just said, um, you know, we, we heard about it, and so we we enrolled. So and there and here we are.
2: Well, oh my gosh. Okay, I, I'm gonna just ask a few more questions about this course, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> so, okay, what was your favorite aspect about it?
1: Oh, I I have to say Victor's hair. Victor's hair? I, no, I it, I <laughs> loved his hairstyle. <laughs> like the pandemic hair or when he got it chopped off? And- no, the pandemic hair. Oh, the pandemic hair. It was, it was it <laughs> I looked forward to seeing it. Every Mad time professor it just, style. Yes,
2: it was just, yeah. <laughs> the stick up straight Asian hair, and then he can't find his hair gel because it's like packed up in some box. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I remember like uh, first time she was like watching Victor's module, she's like, oh, his hair, you know, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh,
2: well, you know, we're eventually going to have to re-record it. Like after a couple launches, we're gonna have to re-record those videos. Well, I'll tell them about the hair. (laughs) I loved it, (laughs) it was great.
0: No, but I, I got to tell you, I think uh, to me, you know, I think the reason that we joined was to, um, be, you know, have face to face with you guys. Um, and so your course, um, just learning about um, no, not just the mechanics of investment, but, um, you know, mindset and relationship with money and that sort of thing. So that was just, you know, that was just amazing. Um, but, you know, to us, I think, I, I mean, it was very well polished the way it was put together and produced. Um, but, you know, in addition, um, just really getting that FaceTime with with you personally, um, with with you, Kathy, Vina, and Victor, um, just to ask the questions.
2: How did that help Joel and Winnie? Well,
0: I think it just shows us that in many ways, you know, you're just like us. And if you guys can do it, we can do it. Um, and just kind of picking your brains and um, um, you know, and and I mean, we just learned so many things um, from from the course and from talking to you guys.
2: Have you been able to apply anything you've learned or learned anything new?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly. I think, you know, one for one thing, we're invested. Uh, we invested in an additional thing, actually, um, you know, with you guys, um, and understood it fully. Um, you know, I, I think we one new thing was learning what a subfund was. Um, and you know so we didn't we didn't know what that was and how it was structured and how um, it's mutually beneficial for both the investors and in that you know you, there's a lower barrier to entry for the investors it it's uh, beneficial for the subfund managers and that they get compensated for um, raising capital for the deal sponsor and then it's uh, useful for the deal sponsor and that they have somebody that can, um, you know, raise capital for them, for their, um, for their offering. So, um, so that was a big eye-opener for us. Um, I think another big eye-opener was learning about the different um, classes of, um, of shares, um, you know, with the preferred equity and the common shares. Um, so we didn't know anything about that. Um, and that, yeah, so, so just, you know, knowing about how you can have uh, the preferred equity when you're, you um, you know, lower on the capital stack where you're got first priority, but more guaranteed. Well, it's not really guaranteed, but just uh, first priority in terms of returns with lower risk. And um, you know, the common you know the common shares in which uh, you know you get lower guaranteed uh, return but uh, higher upside. So, um, and guaranteed's not really the best word.
2: You sound really intelligent. Yes, I know. I, we don't like to use the word "guaranteed" and in, in investing, right? <laughs> but but um, um, that's like actually straining my my, my um, what do you call it my round ligament as I'm laughing as you're saying that. <laughs> For those of you listening, I'm 36 weeks pregnant and I'm about to have this baby. So, Winnie just wants to get the recording done before the baby comes out. And okay, so are there any take home points in regards to medicine or? Oral, yeah, oral medicine, uh, marriage, money, real estate, that you guys want to impart upon our audience today.
0: What you go first.
2: Just that, um,
1: it, it, I mean, it, it's always constantly evolving and it's going to require work. Um, but so long as you communicate with one another, lean on one another's shoulders, and you know, just support one another along this journey Anything could be possible.
2: Marriage, we're talking about
1: marriage, right? Correct. Or real
2: estate. Well, in
1: general, everything—it's <laughs> everything. a whole package, right? Like it's, its a couple. You have to make decisions together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in every and all aspects of life: marriage, finance, real estate, anything, everything. Um, so again, communication is just key, and and just knowing that um, you know your you know your spouse, your best friend that you married, is there for you. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's having a supportive partner who, um, and I'm talking in the context of career, um, who knows you more than, and and believes in you more than you believe in yourself. So um, again, you know, I never really, you know, I, I really wasn't going to go into the specialty I was going to do. Um, it would have meant, but if I did take the specialty, it would have meant us being apart for a longer period of time. But, uh, you know, having her tell me that this suits you, you're going to be, you know, you're good at it. Um, You wouldn't be happy going into general practice. Um, You have to do this. Um, So, um, you know, even if it means being apart for an additional two years. So um, just having a partner that knows you better than you know yourself. Um, And there were days where I was very discouraged and regretting things and, you know, just her kind of pushing me. And, um, you know, I mean, it was the best decision I ever made both for career, Um, both for fulfillment um, and and i think the second part is in marriage um, it's work like she said you don't love is not the same as like you don't like each other all the time but you know uh, but you but you love each other when you have common goals and common values so um, and you always got to remind yourself that uh, you know when things do get And there is things get tough and there's friction, but it is work, but um, you don't always like each other, but you always love each other.
2: Oh my gosh. You're going to make my heart melt. She knew what was going to make you happy. Yes. She like knows you better than you know yourself. That's like, that's very special because I think a lot of people struggle to find that and, um, and maintain it. Right. So that is definitely something I'm always, always working on. And I'm so happy you came to visit. So nice to meet Winnie in person and Joel here on a squadcast. And I will be seeing you guys in the future. And thank you so much for imparting all this wisdom upon our Medicine, Marriage, and Money audience. Thank
0: you. It's an absolute <laughs> honor and privilege. Thanks for having us.
2: great show with Winnie and Joel Napinas. Before we end, just a quick reminder about our sponsor, Vive Funds. Vive Funds provides unique passive multifamily investment opportunities that they vet and bring to you as an investor. Reach out to Vina Jetty, my dear friend, to see how partnering with Vive can help you reach your real estate investment goals at doctorpodcastnetworkcom forward slash Vive Funds. such an amazing episode with Winnie and Joel Napeñas. Thank you so much for joining us. Winnie was actually in my studio and Joel was on Squadcast broadcasting from North Carolina. So let's go over my big take-home points from Winnie and Joel. Number one, when you think something is impossible, like planning a wedding in one week, just visualize it. Winnie visualized it and guess what? It happened. It came true. They were able to pull off a very intimate and beautiful wedding ceremony with their favorite family members in their backyard. Same thing with real estate investing. You may think it's impossible like I did back in medical school and residency when I refused to do any sort of real estate investing despite some encouragement from my one of my uncles and parents actually, when they wanted me to buy a house in med school or buy a house for me and rent it out to several roommates. No, 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 that was not my thing. Well, guess what? Then I married the man of my dreams and real estate became a reality and totally possible, something we live with every single day. Visualize it. I'm not a unicorn. Neither is my husband. We're two normal people, normal physicians, and you guys can do what we do. And Winnie and Joel do, as you can see. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Number two, there is not just one path to accomplish your dreams. Just because you matched into one program or you picked a certain specialty at the beginning of your career path does not mean you have to stick with it if you determine and find out that this was not your dream's. You do have to be smart, right? Maybe don't quit something right away and quit 10 things and and, uh, continue to have massive student debt. But what if you pursued different things, you know, just kept going for what maybe fulfilled you more, going over multiple passions, doing multiple things in your life? One of them is bound to bring you fulfillment. Maybe all of them will bring you fulfillment. So be open. To explore multiple paths, not just one. Number three, it is okay to take a step back and breathe while your spouse handles a situation. Who knows which situation it is? Maybe you are used to taking care of a certain type of dirty work that Winnie and Joel were referring to, and you may be a little bit of a control freak or anal retentive or just know that you have to do it. But guess what? You're a team. You and your spouse are a team. You don't have to feel alone or feel like you have to handle everything. When he says it's actually nice to just step back and breathe and watch her hun- hubby handle things occasionally. So what do you think you do better? Can your spouse handle it too? I love this because Victor and I both like to handle certain things on our own. Oh, some of us are very... um oh, what do you say, (laughs) controlling over certain parts of our lives. However, we've got each other's backs. We're on the same team. Even though I could do everything myself and he could do everything himself, that's not the point. We can do things together or we can exchange and do things separately. Take a step back. Breathe. Number four, believe in your spouse more than they believe in themselves. Oh my gosh, this is such a powerful statement that Joel kind of closed out the episode with. Believe in your spouse more than they believe in themselves. Believe in their dreams and goals more than they believe in their own dreams and goals. If you do this, the rewards will be endless. If you can't do this or don't do this, ask yourself why. Why am I not believing in their dreams? Why am I not supporting their goals more than they do? Having a supportive spouse is one of the biggest things that all of us ever really want, right? We want somebody to support us, to love us, to accept us, especially the most important person in our lives, the person that sleeps next to us, the person that eats next to us, the person that raises our children with us. It is much easier to reciprocate being supportive after someone supports you. So let's think about that. So if you start supporting your spouse more than they support themselves, you're just making it easier for them to support you. Not that you expect it, but you would be surprised. If you are feeling unsupported, unaccepted, unloved, and you just start to do those things more and more and more than your spouse is actually doing for you, you're going to be surprised of what you see will be reciprocated. So you might as well start today. Start now. And that is it, my friend. Those are my four big take-home points from Dr. Nepenas and Mrs. Nepenas. So happy they came on my show. If you would like more information on the Multifamily Masterclass, stay tuned, check my show notes, or reach out to me. The class will be launching again soon and don't forget to download a free copy of my medical marriage survival guide the instruction manual for physicians in love today it's on my website there will be a link in the show notes that way you can start uh, decide decide how you want to be more loving decide how you want to be more supportive there's huge topics in there like in-laws parenting intimacy, household chores, that you can actually start tackling those topics today. Super valuable resource. I created it just for you. Please go download it. And I hope you walk away asking yourself, how can I start visualizing my impossible goals on a daily basis? What impossible goals do I have? Maybe I need to create some and then visualize how can I encourage my spouse to do what makes them most happy? What is my money mindset? What is my investment mindset? Do I work hard for my money or do I allow my money to work hard for me? And with that, I will close by saying, if you do like these financial and real estate type episodes, please join my husband's community 396 On Facebook it's open to anybody if you're interested in money investing what kind of car to buy what kind of house to buy what kind of car seat to buy ask questions and and 39.6 Facebook community is where you will find them my community is medicine marriage and money if you are a physician you are welcome to join we talk about relationships and finding more love and connection finding less and finding more intimacy you know where to reach me please share this episode with somebody you feel will find it valuable subscribe so you don't miss any important take-home points and walk away questions and leave me a five-star review. I would love that. I appreciate it so much. Love you guys. Go spread positivity, happiness, and sparkles into this world. So much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.